This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John Rahm is gearing up for the Masters next week, but took a break in between his prep to chat with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden on the All Things Covered podcast. We definitely encourage you to check out that conversation. John shared who he expects to be in contention with at Augusta and also revisited that epic 66-foot putt to win the BMW Championship in August. Download and subscribe to All Things Covered wherever you find this one. Welcome back. We're back from halftime. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Bryant McFadden. Instead of leaving the locker room and jumping right back on the gridiron, we decided to switch it up for you guys a little bit. Remember, earlier in the show, we told you guys we have a very, very special guest joining us here. All things covered. We cover everything. We talk about entertainment. We talk about football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is. And today, guess what? We're going to talk golf. One of the best golfers in the world, actually number two in the world, Arizona State alum. You look at what he's been able to do throughout his professional career. He just recently won the BMW Championship in August. John Rum, nickname Rambo. Thank you for joining <laughs> us here on All Things Covered, man. You're making history before the Masters kickoff. You're actually our first golfer on our show. So, man, it's a yes, pleasure sir. having you on the show as you get ready for the Masters. Oh, my, my pleasure to be here. Uh, I didn't know the first one, so <laughs> excited. You know, I know, you know, I know Patrick likes his golf, so, you know, I'm excited to see what kind of questions I get on this one. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So we're going we're gonna to jump right into it. How, how does it, how strange does it feel knowing that you're playing, preparing for the Masters in November, knowing around this time of the year, you normally will be in my neck of the woods in Albany, um, but now you going to a, a, master, a, a Masters um in augusta in uh in november how 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 strange is it is it this year for you uh it's is different but i think it's different because we're all really thankful uh to be able to play the masters you know right. uh, at one point during the year it looked like it was not going to happen um you know augusta closes after april so we didn't know if it in it was if it was possible to do it and you know, getting ready for it, I think it's just more to contain the excitement than anything else. I actually came right. back Saturday. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're Tuesday right now. Came back from Augusta Saturday, practiced a little bit. And, you know, it's going to be the same, maybe a little colder, maybe a little rainier. Right. We don't know. But at the end of the day, it's Augusta National. Uh, for people I don't know, they can control grass like nobody else can. So right. I think just containing the excitement and, and you know, the wanting to play and, and, and get it going. What makes Augusta so special, though? Because every golfer always talk about Augusta yeah. is the, the main tournament that I want to prepare for. Uh, well, is it the jacket, the course? Like, what is it? I think it's the history. It's the only mm. major championship that's played on the same golf course every single year. Mm. And I think the history that it comes with, right? I mean, that golf course was created by the greatest amateur of all time, Bobby Jones, the greatest right. golf designer of all time, Alistair McKenzie. And 
you know, it's just some of the greatest moments of the history of the sport that have happened here. And mm. it's uniqueness, right? It's, it's hard to explain. It'll be, it's, it's, the, it's, you know, for other sports terms, it's the Wimbledon of golf, right? It's right. the same thing. It's the tradition, the history, the, I really can't explain it, you know, besides yeah. tradition it's and history. Special. Yeah, for every right. golfer, is the one thing you watch every year. I've seen every shot ever played at Augusta. It, right. it, it's just, you know, the familiarity with it. Gotcha. Speaking of the Masters, John, who do you believe is your biggest rival, you know, for the Masters? What name will you be following or paying attention to on the leaderboard? Oh, man, it's, it's hard to tell, you know, because – uh, that tournament fits so many players. You know, it fits so many different playing styles. Uh, that's where you get such diverse winners, and every year is a different one. Uh, I would say because of the game we play, it's myself. I'm my biggest ally, my biggest rival, and the one to keep in check, right? So uh, it's me, myself, and I. Now, there's a lot of people playing really good golf. Obviously, it would be foolish to not say Patrick Canley, who just won a couple of weeks ago. Um uh, you know, Jordan Spieth, who even who hasn't played his best golf, it's always somebody to take into account. Possibly Tiger, Phil, Justin Thomas, anybody out there in the world, Rory McIlroy, there's so many options. Right. Uh, anybody shows up and it's just, you know, one good week and, and you know, they can take it. Hopefully it's me. Right. <laughs> well, I'm definitely picking you to win it, Rambo. You're my choice to uh, win the Masters this year. But we've talked about your uh, your previous win at the BMW Championship. You hit 66-foot putt to win that championship over Dustin Johnson. I text you right after, right after that putt and congratulate you, congratulating you. But describe the, the emotions after draining that putt. Oh, well, if somebody's seen the reaction, that says it all, right? <laughs> a bit of just hard to believe that it happened, right? right. I played probably – best 36 holes of golf I played that weekend in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. I went from playing terribly the first two days to completely switching it and making up a big deficit in, in, in those 36 holes. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I actually thought I had the tournament won. I didn't expect Dustin to make birdie on 18. He made a crazy putt. We go on the playoff mm-hmm. and I make an even crazier one. Uh, it's almost, I mean, it felt like to be on the playoffs. Yeah, it exactly felt like, making you know just getting a hail mary in the last second of the play just uh the second of the game to to possibly make it up to the next round of the playoffs because it was right. you know week before atlanta and coming in second seed so the emotion that comes out of that because again <laughs> it takes so long for the ball to get to the hole uh, right <laughs> and seconds for that ball to roll all the way there i can't i can't explain it i mean you can my reaction it's probably similar to uh Kawhi leonard's um, I think it was in the conference finals. Right. Last yeah, year, the you know, that shot just bounces three times around the hoop. It's it's right. very similar feel to those, right? I mean, except I don't have my teammates hugging me because it's just me and my caddy. And yeah, right. Dustin still had a putt to, to tie. So, you know, right. at the same time, it's weird because I'm happy, but I need to stay in it just in case he makes it again. So, right. Uh, it, it was it was weird. <laughs> so when you're standing over that putt, like, you know you have to make. And obviously, with you being a pro, every putt is important. Did you have that feeling or that urge knowing that you was going to make that putt? Dude, I was trying to keep it inside six feet. <laughs> I'm not it was such a hard putt. And uh, getting it to the hole wasn't the problem because it was all right. downhill. It was it was giving myself the best chance to possibly extend the playoff. That's where my mind was. I was like, well, right. It's it's what I can do. And, you know, luckily I had it on the right line and it caught the hole. But, uh, 
you can see it's funny because when I see the putt, I mean, it goes through all the spots that I kind of see the ball going through, right? right. I mean, it's, all you know, apex. it goes to the top of the slope, goes to the apex, starts going down, and at one point I freeze because I'm like, no way in hell. They got a shot. They got like, a shot. No way. <laughs> and it does go in. It's crazy. But my, my original mindset is let's see if I can get it close enough so I don't have to stress to make the next putt. Right. Yeah. Man, that's amazing. Yo, John, so in 2019 Masters, you finished T9, just three strokes off the lead. But as as a fan of the game, what was it like to see Tiger capture that green jacket? Huge. Huge. Because, you know, when I came as a pro, Tiger hasn't hasn't been the Tiger that we've all known, right? He's had injuries. Yep. He hasn't been able to play his best. And, and, and you know, it, it, I'm in the same field as him playing tournaments, but it's tough to to not see him contend. And I was lucky enough to be present when he won at Eastlake, mm-hmm. which is his first win in many years. And to be able to be there and feel the atmosphere as soon as Tiger took the lead on that 15th hole, because I was at the golf course still, and you can <laughs> goosebumps. The electricity right. going around is crazy. And you know, not going to get in the debate of who's the best and who's not the best and who's the GOAT or not. In my opinion, Tiger has played the best golf anybody's ever seen for right. 10 years, right? And right. for him to come back and win a major 11 years after his last one, after all the back surgeries, all the problems, all the people that counted him out said he was mm-hmm. done, he was never going to happen again, and get it done, you know, with all the people that were contending that day, because you had Brooks come in, you had Dustin, you had Xander, a lot of people that were putting pressure on him. Mm-hmm. And you see that 16th hole, that shot he hit, would almost makes hole in one, makes that break, yeah. two-shot lead. It's crazy, right? And yeah. I think the most beautiful part out of all is to see the images, right? Tiger won his first Masters in 97 when he was 20 or 21, mm-hmm. and he's hugging his dad. Yeah. And he's come full circle when he finishes. He's won his fifth green jacket, and his kids, who are 11 and 13, I believe, are right there to, to see him win, right? So, you know, you see right. the, the circle of life go through, and his dad wasn't there, but now he's the dad as a champion. It's It was a pretty cool moment for golf. Do you think he has a chance to defend that 2019 Masters title this year? Of course, of course. Augusta is the one, Augusta, I would say, is the one golf course that he's going to have the best chance year in and year out. Right. Length is I not, agree. Length is not an issue, right? He's such a good iron player and such a good creative um, short game player that any given year he can win. I mean, like I right. said, some of the names I've mentioned, Tony Finau, Brooks, and Dustin hit it way further than he did last year. Mm-hmm. But length isn't everything at Augusta National. So it's it's the one major I think he should be confident he can win. Now, we don't know how he is physically, uh, you know, how his back is going to hold up and how he has. And he hasn't been able to play as much golf as I think he, he would like. So we'll see, but I, I mean, I mean, I believe he has a chance, and I hope I deny that chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Well, John, I had an opportunity. I have the pleasure to have known you almost three years now, and being able to to play at Whisper Rock and Silver Leaf and see the grind that you put in. Tell the fans a little bit how how do did you go from a late commitment to Arizona State to number one in the oh. world in seven years? How much time do we have? Okay. <laughs> we got all, all the time you need, John, all the time you need. Well, my, my story is crazy, right? I mean, I'm coming from Spain. Uh, I grew up in a town with 1,200 people. Uh, it's a miracle that I play golf, really. And I was, I was going up in the ranks. My dad did tell me, you know, uh, if you want to study and get your degree, your best chance is to go to the U.S. And that seemed like a, such a far-fetched dream to me. Uh, now, once I made up my mind of possibly going, 
I had no idea how the recruiting process worked. I had no clue that coaches weren't allowed to speak to athletes and players. So, because that seems so backwards in my mind, right? I mean, all, all I've seen, you know, as a young player was uh, different sport coaches and different sports being, you know, people being contacted to be able to to play for different teams and, and, and whatnot. So I was just waiting for somebody to talk to me, honestly. Uh, and the only reason why I got in contact with a, with a coach is, I was playing a tournament representing Spain as a team. Uh, the, it's called the European Boys Championship, the under 18. Each country in Europe comes, uh, brings six of the best players, and, and we play in this uh, qualifying section. And I saw a guy with a San Francisco shirt on, you know. And the only reason I knew San Francisco in a little bit, because besides the movies, is because my grandma had just been to San Francisco that summer. Mm. So I strike up a, a, a conversation, which happened to be the head coach of University of San Francisco. I, I start a conversation, which apparently is legal. I have no idea. And <laughs> he follows me, and I finish six under in the last ten holes, and then I go on to win every single match for Spain, and we win the championship. Wow. Shortly after, I had a scholarship, right? So that was um, that was a you know reality. Now then, Arizona State came in with a very very late offer, and. I think it was in May where I got off, and I had to be in school in August, uh, and I had no idea. The only thing I knew about Arizona State is, uh, you know, there was a good uh, Spanish history there. Uh, there's two girls are on the LPGA, two girls that won nationals there, um, and then one Spanish man that actually won nationals for Arizona State, whose name is Alejandro Cañizares, played really good golf. So I was like, you know what? It's good weather, good golf, good history. Might as well go. <laughs> and that was the only the only thing well, the only reason why i decided and uh, my dad put me on a plane never did an official visit never been to the states uh, my english was very different to what it is right now and yeah and i arrived at arizona state like i said i came from a town of 1200 people and i go to wow that has seventy thousand students right. <laughs> hey so so john is there any truth you, you talked about you know your english wasn't very very good but is there any truth to the story that you actually learned english listening to rap music Listen, I didn't learn English like that. It really, it really helped uh, understand certain things. Uh, okay. The thing it helped me the most with was being able to, you know, to accelerate my thought process and be able to keep up with the conversation. And it was kind of like a verbal exercise, you know, to, to be able to, uh, to keep up and, and get my speed better and pronunciation and, and things like that. Uh, I didn't learn grammar. Because not, not in that sense, uh, but I did learn a lot of slang in that sense and understand a lot about the U.S., which helped out a lot uh, just in day to day basis. Right. So who were you listening to? What rappers? Oh, 100 percent of the time was Kendrick Lamar. And still 100 percent. He like he like Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. So the, OK. The, yeah. Come for Kenny. Right. So the only reason why <laughs> I got into it is, is one of my teammates basically knew every single lyric to every song of Kendrick, Little Wayne, and many other great artists. And he could rap it at speed and everything, no matter the speed. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I really just focused, got the lyrics. So my first song I ever learned was Backstreet Freestyle by Kendrick. And I really oh, just, yeah. that, and I'm like, I'm going to learn this. And I memorized the whole thing, understood absolutely nothing, but I was able to memorize and actually sing it at speed. And I kind of became a fun thing to do to be able to sing it with my teammates and it was shortly after I started understanding uh but that that's yeah I mean that's why it helped me pick up speed and the the main two it's yeah I mean it's Kendrick and Eminem um right that's the main two but I listen to everything obviously right now recently I've gotten extremely into Polo G 
Oh okay. yeah, Polo G. Polo, Polo G. G. Hey, hey, Pat, can we put John on the spot right quick? John, yeah. I know you handle pressure extremely well, but could can you rap us your favorite Kendrick verse? He said, he said backstreet freestyle. Listen, I, I want to hear, I want to, I want to hear you rap it. Can you rap it for us? Oh, dude, not, not, not a cappella. I'm not gonna, I mean, <laughs> you're putting me too much on the spot because I don't know. <laughs> being fully honest, I do not want to say the wrong words and I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> you're not gonna get in trouble. You're, no, you're not gonna get in trouble. We make sure we can edit whatever we need to do. But I want to hear this kid come at you. When it starts, you know, I'm rolling dough with a good grind. Uh huh. I run a hole with a baton that's a really raised with a bouquet. They say, kid, you know, so that whole part. I had no clue what was going on. Like the whole, I wrote, you know, rolling dough with a good grind. I was like, what is this? You know, what does that mean? <laughs> First time I, re- I, I read it, I was like, okay, what the heck is this going on? To me, it was just a bunch of words that made no sense. Right. Which to understand the, the aspect of all things right now, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Right. Uh, no question. Hey, it's, so John, it's you, dope. Know, you know, you, you quite get uh, criticized all the time about the emotions that you show on the golf course, which I love. But where do that come from? Like, where does that fire come from? It's the only sport where getting mad is a problem, apparently. Uh, <laughs> every other sport, you're passionate in golf, you have anger issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it comes from, I, I mean, I think it's just competitiveness. Competitiveness, yeah. this is the willingness to win. The right. one to win and, you know, the... Uh, not expecting, but demanding the best out of myself. So uh, that's what it comes from. And, and that competitive grind, that's, that's all what it comes from. I mean, love for the game, passion for the game, and the love of winning. You know, it's, it's the whole thing combined uh, that, you know, miss a shot or something bad happens. I mean, I truly get upset at myself, but uh, that is, it's competitive anger, the best way I can call it, right? I mean, it's just the one thing to win. No question. Love we love that. And also, love too, Pat, when he's bumping in that Kendrick Lamar, it's kind of hard to be cool, calm on the course <laughs> when you're bumping that Kendrick Lamar like John is bumping. Well, so. You I know, I have it, a playlist. Yeah. I don't know if you can see uh, if I'll be able to What's see. on your playlist? Let, let, let us so see what's I on have, the playlist. I have a warm-up playlist. Okay. Where it's called, yeah, it's pre-round. It's basically, if you start seeing the first, mm-hmm. all the first songs. Oh, yeah. You don't get into all oh, the artists Kendrick. until... Oh, until very far down, ah. yeah. So Yo, first, so- crack a bottle. That's the first one that's not uh, – actually, no, it's not a free by Eminem. Man, this is great stuff, man. John has actually showed us his playlist. His playlist. So there's a good chance – this is, update That it, playlist huh? is what you're going to be listening to at the Masters. Is that, That's going to be – On the practice ring. On the oh, practice, practice ring. Yeah. Oh, so before every round, I have my headphones on, and I'm, I always start putting. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's – I start with it, and sometimes, uh, you know, I used to have an order, not anymore. But the, lately, I've been started. Uh, I started with patiently waiting, you know, by Eminem and, and Fifty Cent. Yep. Right. Uh, you know, the Watch Popping remix. Start with that, and then just let the playlist go on with whatever it wants. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, just the songs that I like. I've been doing it since college. Um, yeah. It's it's something that it's crazy enough. I was doing it. You know, just without thinking about it, really, just trying to get hyped before a round. A lot of times we had to play 36 holes and we woke up so early that kind of had to wake up mm-hmm. and, and just stuck with me. You know, at one point I stopped doing it and I, you know, I found myself not being on the intensity I needed on the first tee. So uh, this helps. Yeah, me and Pat awesome. had a discussion about music uh, with with our careers. And clearly I'm I'm retired, but Pat talked about some of the things he listens to before he goes out to battle. And, and I love hearing that from you because golf is not a physical sport 
Um, but you you attack the game like it's a physical sport, you know, emotionally <laughs> when it comes to the physical standpoint. And I, I really enjoy watching you go off and do your thing too. So give us a little bit some of that aggression when you get out there in the masses in Augusta. You know, give us a little <laughs> when we see that, we know, you know, you're giving us a shout out here on all things covered. See, the funny thing yes, is Pat's met me many times. I'm so different off the golf course. Like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> an angry is. person, right? I'm, 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 I'm still 25, you know. I'm, I'm a joyful kid. That's the best way I can explain it. It says when you're in competitive mode, when yeah. you just, you know, flip a switch. When it's time to exactly. get it done, it's time to get it done. Besides that, you know, you got to enjoy life. And that's a mistake yeah. a lot of people make is judging us, especially athletes, I'm going to say, for what we do on the court, on the field, or on the golf course. Yeah. Uh, and assume mm-hmm. we're the same off of it. That's, well, last yeah. question for you, John, yeah. before we jump into the superlative part of our show. Uh, golf is largely known for having an older, predominantly white audience. And when you look at where the, where the game is going, how would you elevate where the sport is with accepting adverse, I mean, diversity and actively promoting it? Yeah, you know, it's I think it all depends on the countries. I think uh, golf has the stigma, especially in Spain, too, of, of being a higher end uh, sport, right, especially because in Europe. The people that used to play were basically wealthier people that were in, uh, let's say, higher class society-wise. And if you weren't fit to play, you weren't allowed to play, right? Yeah. And in our case, we had Sevi who completely changed the whole thing. And slowly you get more and more chances to play, right? Now, I don't know about the U.S. I think accessibility is the word I would use. Uh, I grew up going to a range. And when I say a range, it's a range that's 200 yards and a thick putting green, and that's it. Uh, and it's a field with just flags on it that it was two euros, so, so just two bucks to get in. And then you just pay for your balls, right? So essentially, it was cheaper than any other place, you know, any country club or any golf course to join and just play and learn how to play. Um so I think in the US that would be the main thing, right? I don't know of many places, especially here in Phoenix, that it's easy to just go and maybe try the game, right? I yeah. think up here in North Scott, so you have Cracker Jack, and that's about it. Besides that, it's a golf course you need to join, and, and it's just tough to get into it. Uh, and so, yeah, that, I think that would be the best best way, just just have an easier easier path for people who join, uh, especially, you know, financially, right? It's somewhere where you can just go and maybe pay an entry fee and, and just practice as long as you want for no, no time limit. Uh, plus... I don't know if, you know, golf is not culturally or, or socially accepting. I think we are. It just depends where you grew up and who you're around, right? I think I spoke with Larry Fitzgerald about this once, you know, why he didn't play golf before because his dad did. And he just told me that, you know, from a young age, you know how to run, jump, catch, and throw. So it's easier to get into basketball, football, or other sports like that. It's just hard to pick up a golf club and absolutely suck at it because we all do it first. Yeah. All right. We're going to transition now to the superlative part of our show. And this is where we hit you with rapid fire questions. You give us your honest, unbiased answer. Uh, This should be easy for you. Favorite hole at the Masters? 11. Best Halloween costume you ever worn? (laughs) I've only dressed up for Halloween once. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't do it in Spain. Uh, well, one of them, I was a CSI agent, and then the last time I ever dressed up, I was just, uh, I dressed as up uh, as a baby, basically. As a okay. baby? Yeah. <laughs> I think I, think I <laughs> saw that. Fire, yeah, I, I think I saw that. Huh? Was that Serpent on the Web? For sure, somewhere. My friends probably Yeah, I think, I think I saw that one. I think I saw 100%. that. 100%. Yeah. We got we to gotta find that picture. We got to find that picture. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Arizona. It was hot, you know. It, it kind of worked out. It worked out. <laughs> Best nickname on tour. I'm going to go ahead and say Rambo. Rambo. For sure. I, okay. Rambo for sure. Uh, biggest performance on, on tour. Uh, mine this year or anybody's? Yeah. Yours. Ooh, mine. I, I got to say. Uh, Your first one? On the PGA Tour, it's got to be Torrey Pines. That back nine was. Oh, yeah. Much that, that, that was the one you made a long putt to win it on that one, too. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was a. I, I agree. That was a, a great, great uh, performance. Yeah. I, I like the 60 footers to win tournaments, apparently. Is, and also, <laughs> and also, that was a great uh, breaking through tournament for you as well. Uh, best celeb athlete golfer. Ooh, uh, that I've played with. Yes, I know that you played with that you know personally. However, but you know they have some real good game on the course. Best athlete, celeb, golfer. Uh, well, that I've played, Patrick Peterson. Okay. My guy, uh-huh. Don. Since you know you've been on the course with my guy Pat P, could you give us? a breakdown of, of his game, strength, weaknesses, <laughs> things like that. Fill us in on what Pat P game is like on the course. So, so I just threw that in there, John. So I just hit you with a curve. I just threw a curveball. No, no, this, this is easy. So Pat is one of those players that has so much speed. I mean, being, you know, position you're playing football, you're just strong, fast, athletic. So you have a lot of speed for the amount of golf that you play, right? So sometimes it's hard to control. Uh, I mean, for people that don't know, he has, on an average swing speed, he has more speed than I do. Now, what he needs to learn how to control would be the shorter shorter yardages, right? It's easy to hit a full swing and hit it full out and hit it consistently good. As those shots inside 130 yards would, you know, you have to control, that's where you kind of, when he's to improve, everything else is good. I mean, he's a heck of a player for being a full-time football player, right? So the day he retires, like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna take a guess and say his golf game is going to improve a lot. Okay. <laughs> for sure. Well, John, we appreciate you coming on. We know you got master's prep to get back to. Man, thank you again for coming on. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you, John. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you in, uh, in Augusta here pretty soon, brother. My pleasure. I mean, next time we're doing this, if you're going to want me to rap, let me know so I can pick a part that I'm not going <laughs> Oh, oh, oh any oh. word that's insensitive or any F words or anything like that. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. John, we'll give you a heads up. And if you want to do multiple songs, I'm pretty sure the, the viewers and the listeners would be OK with that. <laughs> so we appreciate you giving us what you gave us. But if you want to be well prepared, we make sure we and you know what, John, I'm letting you know this right now, because I tend to uh, gamble a little bit on professional sports. And uh, I'm going to ride with you as well. So when yeah. the Masters take off next week, I'm going to put something on the line. And if I do happen to win, when I come out to AZ, I got you some nice wine and some nice dinner. Perfect. Got it. <laughs> and for him and his beautiful bride, Kelly. No question. No question. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Thank sir. you very much. Thank I appreciate you. it, John. All Best of luck to you. Take care, baby.